0: Welcome to the Nerd Cave News. I am one of your hosts, Zach Dykes, joined along with the man born in the waters of the Gulf of Mexico to the magical creatures of the deep. He was tragically swept away by a hurricane up into the rivers of Alabama. He was raised by humans, but has the tail of a fish and the secret magical powers of the ocean. Derek Onius, the mermaid.
1: What I'm saying, am I a merman? Like, because, because I have a tail. I'm like, this is this is going weird.
0: <laughs> it was, says merman, was... says merman, but I, I, you know what I mean. Like, my brain was yeah. like mermaid.
1: <laughs> yeah, but, huh, that it was good. the The name kind of didn't stick the landing, you know, like a Marvel, uh, MCU, Disney Plus show. But the the uh, exposition was good.
0: Ortho or Thor, Love and Thunder. I haven't watched it yet. Or anything in phase four. Doctor Strange is good though.
1: Mm. And Spider Man.
0: Loki was good. I'm not considering Spider-Man like completely like Marvel though. You know what I mean? Like Sony has their hand in that one as well.
1: Yeah. I mean Ma- uh Hulk is the same way. Um Shang Chi I did like though.
0: Yeah, it was pretty good. Pretty good.
1: Yeah.
0: Mermaid. Mermaider, mermaid, Mermider. Dick. Yep, yeah Daconius. they even gave
1: gave you a handicap with this one this week because they they actually put my actual name in the in the name
0: yeah yeah there's one i've literally got to ask amy how to pronounce it because i have no idea like it's (laughs) it's like this long it's super long you can't see my screen right now it's super long Derek, and it's all one word like it's like bunch of so words
1: expo,
0: yeah like I, I gotta ask amy how to pronounce that one yeah but let's neither hear this or there <laughs> this episode is brought to you by our wonderful patrons you can become part of the ship part of the exclusive crew by going to patreon.com slash nerd cave just like our wonderful crew members the first main brandon hicks our helmsman the conductor our gutters Pew! richard newell daniel saffron rushing Waters, yoga marilyn james Brady, the granny Bray harrison and our deckhand martin sager lord this right here guys this right here oh baby 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 it's the nerd game news where each and every beautiful week we run you through all the video game needs news that you need to know if you go anywhere else to get it you don't need to know it if you don't hear if you hear it anywhere else, it's lies. It's deceit. Yeah. It's just fodder. It's just sock to the pigs. that Derek Milks. <laughs> you can watch us live over at twitch.tv slash nerdcave network. Or you can watch us over on youtube.com on youtube.com you know that place that's ran by google make sure to hit the follow and subscribe button so you don't miss out on anything and like it so more people get to see the video you also can plug us into your ears on the podcast version we're available on apple google spotify stitcher anchor all those good places spotify does have a video version of the show go subscribe listen to each of us each listen to us every week every week baby every week baby you know what i mean and if you don't give us a five star rating derek will butcher your horse Mm, probably more than the horse but yes definitely the horse you won't even have to worry about a horse head being in your bed at night you know what i mean when you wake up (laughs) that's what i'm saying we got it we got a game this month we got a game club guys i don't know if y'all know that we do this each and every month speaking of horses and pigs July's Game Club is a plague tale, innocence. Derek yeah. conius Derek Onius. Yes. Dirk, 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 dirk. <laughs> I have not touched this game at all. I haven't even downloaded it. I'm going to be just 1000% honest. I've been a busy boy. I've been. Yeah, I I, you
1: have, but to not even download it, I'm going to hit you with
0: boy. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Be better next month we'll be playing that but <laughs> i haven't played it but dan the man he might not wash behind his ears because he's dirty dan he's already finished it 20 hours has. you know what Lord, i mean he, he he beat horizon forbidden west before he officially made it our game club game now i'll say this if dan likes something he'll play the mess out of it yeah if he doesn't want to if he doesn't like it He's much like my guest, my 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 co-host on the show, much like uh, Lego Star Wars. I don't hey, like it, so I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna play this thing. Not even gonna attempt to play this thing. You
1: beat three levels, which is more than you required of me. Ooh.
0: <laughs> Dick, what do you think about a Plague Tale Innocence?
1: I'm um, I'm actually liking it a lot more, Because last last week I only played the first chapter. I'm through chapter six now. And I'm really loving the dynamic that Amicia and Hugo bring as like, because, you know, over these last couple of years, games have really taken on like, you know, games have been imitating stuff, you know, like, oh, oh, this for these couple of years, we're all going to go open world or this next couple of years, we're going to go battle royale. And, you know, it's kind of come and gone for the most part. But one thing that's kind of, like, steadily come up in video games is, like, these companion ones. Like, you know, we've seen it in Last of Us. We've seen it in, um, you know, Spider-Man to an extent. God of War has been more of a recent one. Ghost really didn't have a companion unless you want to count your horse. Um, But um, I'm I'm really loving, like, the brother-sister dynamic between Amicia and Hugo. Hugo is, like, you know, the typical kid that, you know... He's been sheltered for reasons that I won't get into, um, so Amicia really didn't ever get to see him, uh, and so Hugo really doesn't know how the outside world functions. He only knows that he was around his mom, and he wants to be near family. And he and you know you know when he's sick, he's sick type of feel. And he and he only knows certain ways to deal with it. Amicia, who hasn't been around him, is like been out in the world, goes and hunt, goes on hunts with her dad, um, and is really more like open. To like and knows different things more cultured so and she hasn't really been able to interact with her brother hugo and to see that dynamic work where it's like all right i need to help hugo or like oh he's just being a brat about this or he doesn't understand and i need to force him or like do this uh, yeah. so that way he understands and it not working is really like some of it does get a little tiring like all right why, why are you you were good just a minute ago. Why all of a sudden are you like treating him badly now? But the dynamic is definitely the highlight of this game. Uh, the gameplay is really good. Like the the stealth is oh my gosh, it's so easy to get spotted in that game. Like you, if you even breathe, or if you even have like a like part of your hair sticking out, a guard's like, "I see you. Who? Where are you?" They must say, "Come out." <laughs> um, but I think another interesting thing is like because you know it's called a Plague Tale, which for those of you, if you haven't even seen. Trailers for the first one, or if you've seen at least one trailer for the sequel, uh, Plague Tale Requiem, you know that the bubonic, I don't know, I don't want to say if it's a bubonic plague, but the rats, the swarm of rats is a huge part of the game and the story um you know it starts like it teased in the first chapter but by like chapter two to chapter three it really opens up and it's like all right they become a major factor because they only come out when it's dark um light scares them away typical good evil type thing um but the the puzzles to try and solve them is uh very interesting as well um especially because you know it gives you hints as well but you know like it doesn't always just give you a hint right away it's like all right we're going to let you uh, figure this out for a few seconds and then if 30 seconds goes by and you're just standing there, we're going to be like, oh, hey, look, look at this. Uh, you're talking about uh, farm animals like pigs. I had to slaughter a pig because uh, one of the chapters, you get surrounded by rats and the only way to get through it doesn't have light. So, And if you don't have light, if there's like carcasses or like meat, like chunks of meat, like meat cleavers hanging, you know, off like a hook um, or live, live product like animals or humans – you can uh, you can let them let the rats kill them, and it'll buy you enough time to get across. So one of them was like, "We need to get across," and and it was so poor Hugo was like, oh, because you, you literally get the grain to lure the pig into this barn where you need to go," and Hugo's like, "Oh, time to feed the pig. Come on, boy, let's go eat," and he's so happy. And then and then you get up there. It's like, all right, we got to go up top. And Amicia, you knock out the lights. And Hugo's like what are you doing and she's like look away hugo why what and he was so upset that i sacrificed this live pig to the
0: rats like me just listening. i'm just like why did we pick this game <laughs> oh my god it's like
1: it, it, does get, it, it does get a little dark but the story is definitely good
0: dan says poor pig yeah uh dan i know i know you played it what did you think about the game just like give me a you know two sentence like yeah for dan if
1: you didn't if you didn't hear a minute ago i'm only through chapter six so be careful what you say
0: yeah don't spoil anything of course uh brandon says i'll try a game but if i don't like it then i won't finish it yeah i understand that yeah i I still think princess cutie was worse that's what i I was feeling i was like this is like a a little bit watered down version of princess cutie like princess cutie like traumatizing man traumatizing yeah so I overall, think, you're enjoying the game. Um, yeah, I will... definitely underrated. I'm
1: glad it, I'm glad it's one of the, because it was one of like three games that came out a couple of years ago that was like by the same company, um, The Surge and uh, Greedfall. And mm-hmm. Plague Tale was like the best reviewed out of all of them. So I'm glad it's the one that got the sequel. Well, oh, the Surge, man. Is, got, Surge a sequel got a sequel
0: well. yeah. yeah, Surge was, man, I, I tried. I, I got it as a review title and... It's just not yeah. my time a type of game, you know, like Dark Soul esque kind of games. Just yeah. not my my game. Just not my 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 cup of tea. But you know what is my cup of tea, Derek? Talking what about is that? the gaming news. First up, E three will return in twenty twenty three with Reed Pop running the show this time and not the ESA. So we did
1: talk about. I forget if it was last week or like a couple shows ago that E three will return in physical form in twenty twenty three. And I was skeptical I was like, all right, will it really or like what capacity will it be? Um, but now we know it has better backing. <clears throat> Pop are the same company who organize annual shows like PAX, Star Wars Celebration and New York Comic Con and also own websites Eurogamer, Rock Paper Shotgun, GamesIndustry.biz and VG247 through the subsidiary Gamer Network. With, the ReadPop, with ReadPop now in the driver's seat, it can be expected that the that the E3 we see next year won't look like something put on by the ESA, or at least the one that exists in 2022. It almost sounds like ReadPop will try to bring back the event back to its golden days. Quote, for years we've listened, heard, and studied the game community's feedback, E3 2023 will be recognizably epic, said ReadPop, Glo- ReadPop's global vice president of gaming, Kyle Marsden Kish. Quote, a return to form that honors what always what always worked, while reshaping what didn't and setting a new benchmark for video game expos in 2023 20, and beyond. Readpop president Lance uh Fensterman also commented on the partnership, saying, quote, It is a tremendous honor and privilege for Reedpop to take on the responsibility of bringing E3 back in 2023. With the support and endorsement of the ESA, we're going to build a world-class event to serve the global gaming industry in new and broader ways than we already do at ReadPop through our portfolio of world-leading events and websites. Um, So just to start off, like, you know, I wanted... That's why I wanted to... Uh, before I got too much into the weeds, I wanted to read the article because when you hear names like PAX, Star Wars Celebration, mm-hmm. and then hear New York Comic Con, and then Eurogamer um gamesindustry.biz those are huge websites and events so that this is not just some you know startup company that wants to just you know bring it you know for you know headline feed buzz Mm -hmm. um they actually do events put on like obviously there are some events you know every year that they're not as great as the previous ones but they're consistent and the production value is done well um especially with like Eurogamer, they do great reporting. Gamesindustry.biz yep. has really come up in the last I, want, I don't know how long they've been around, but at least from what like articles that that use them as like supports for their for their shows, it's come up in the, at least the last year as very like credible articles. Um now my one thing and you know, I I I know I tend to ruin your questions that you already put in, Zach. So forgive me for this. Well, one.
0: good thing I haven't wrote any questions down for okay. this one. Okay, so all ahead. right,
1: so I can't I can't spoil anything. Good deal. <laughs> all right, so while this is great, I want to get you. So I want to get your thoughts on what what do you think this means for E three, but I also want to do a follow up to that. Whereas it's like, do you think it's too late, and do you think like more of like. How like Sony's done like state of plays, Nintendo does directs. Like how more and more people have done. I know they all those done online, but now they 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 don't do in person. They haven't done in person events for the last several years, but it's still garnered that you know the 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 eyes on the screens to watch what announcements get put. Do you think that making it an in person event will do better, or do you think that the online f- infrastructure of of how gaming news works now has taken over?
0: Um, for me. I think the online portion of how games industry and everything is working now is going to be the way forward. Um, You know, for the people that I was listening to a a podcast, it was last week, something like that. It was people that have went to um, these shows and where they're journalists. And the whole time that they're there, they'll go to a conference and then they'll come back and they'll just be writing or editing or whatever. Yeah. like the the conference stuff is not in the actual like convention hall. It's somewhere else. And it's like if you're there at the convention hall, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be at the conferences, like the announcements and all of that. Yeah, um, I think it saves people money not having to do these big convention centers. They're able to pour more money into the actual production side of things. Uh, They're able to, instead of padding them out to make it worth the money to rent these venues and everything, to actually just show what's ready. Uh, That's the thing that I liked about uh, Xbox this past uh, summer. Yeah. uh, Games event and everything was that they actually just, the, the next 12 months all of this is coming out there was no fluff there it was it was very like boom 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 yeah and then they showed you know 12 minutes or 15 minutes of starfield and everything yeah i think e3 is dead okay and the reason i say that is the name is ruined the yeah. name is ruined people are tired of hearing about e3 is going to come back because we got told that several years in a row that yep. it's going to come back can repop do it you know clearly they've got the pedigree to do this and everything i just don't think the name overall has the the staying power they're gonna have to it's gonna take a few years for them to prove themselves on this that's how i'm kind of seeing it yeah is that it's not gonna just the first year is gonna be like oh everybody's bad you know they're gonna have to really bring in sony nintendo xbox third parties to Man. be on the convention floor and get people in there to play stuff and make it where the lines aren't long, that there's good turnover on people getting in and out and everything. Uh, and them, you know, having that kind of caliber where they are, you know, running Comic-Con and, you know, that sort of big events and all of that, they've, they know how to do that, which I think will be better than the ESA doing this. So those are kind of my thoughts. What did you, th- what do you think, Derek?
1: I'm kind of on the fence with both of these. So, like, I, I agree while E3, like, like you said, talking like the last couple of years about, oh, it's going to come back and then it doesn't and then, oh it's going to come back this year and then it doesn't Um, it, like this year. They said they said mid to late 2021 that E3 2022 was going to be they might have said it was going to be det- up up in the air, but they were they had leaned strongly to, oh, it's going to happen. And then what mm-hmm. happens like January? Nope, not this year. Um, And then they promise it you know, what was it? A week or so ago. And, and like I said, skeptical. And now it seems like they're actually a backing. The only upside I can see of this is like how, because like with, you know, everything that went on in the world over the last couple of years, um, when movie theaters finally opened up everyone flocked well I shouldn't say everyone flocked to them but a lot of people went in them because they missed that experience there will yeah. be there will be fans there will be a crowd that shows up for this because yeah. they people do like the atmosphere of E3 they may not always like some of the events they may not always like who's there um but like you said like with any event, like you know, Pensacon for just to, just to stay local, it's blown up over the last several years. And why is that? Because of the special guest stars. Like mm-hmm. last year, last year I regretted it so much because of how many people showed up to like uh, Pensacon. Because I think uh, Nolan North was there. Yeah, Nolan North was there. About say it was like it was crazy the amount of the headliners they got. It was like it was like he- banger after banger. You yep. would have thought this was an Emmy Award show because of how many big name people were going were showing up for this. Yep. Um it's it's going to be interesting because just because you put on the on the headline E3 is coming back officially in person doesn't do it for you because if if E3 shows up and they're just going to have like and this is no disrespect because they make good games, Devolver Digital, if if you're a big yep. headliner is Devolver Digital will be there, that's not going to get people to come to you and spend money at your expo. Getting like I hate to say it, even like some third parties like if you have like just an EA or just a Ubisoft, that's not yep. going to be enough. You you need to get one of the big first party companies to buy in. I think Xbox is the it, because they're right they're right there in that area will be the most likely candidate to show up it, just because I feel like Phil Spencer like they've had such a good thing with E3 that he says, "All right, you, well, I know they backed out. The, what was it? The last year they actually held an E3 event." Yep. But I think they can rekindle and like work something out because that's just the kind of man Phil Spencer is. They could probably cut a deal with him, be like, "All right, you want us to come? You want us to headline your show? You got to cut us a thing and not overcharge us for this rent space." Um, Nintendo, I think, because they've been even before COVID, Nintendo was like, "Do peace out to E3." So they've just been doing their own thing regardless. So I don't, I don't think you could throw money at Nintendo to get them to come to E3
0: anymore now here's my thought and we can move on after this yeah if they got a deal with jeff Keighley
1: to do summer
0: games fest and e3 together i think that is the only way to really sell this as a whole package yeah as a thing because it's like people want those announcements and if those announcements are happening before or after you know you know like okay let's say they have e3 2023 yeah and then summer games fest is after that the big reveals are not going to happen at e3 if it's just you know the especially with how he's built it up over the last couple years so it's it's going to be important for both of those to work well together and jeff keely is a very very uh he stewards well what he has exactly he, he's a
1: he's a he's definitely a champion of content
0: so i think you know it would be smart
1: he's already said that summer games fest is
0: going to be next year as well so yeah like there's no reason why they can't work together you know what i mean yeah but i think for this it has to be done really well they have to get stuff there for people to buy tickets it can't yeah. just be okay we've got you know like you said devolver digital we've got you know a bunch of indies and all of that like that's nice but people want to play those big titles people want to go there yeah. you know it's like they're they're not necessarily meaning celebrities to dan's point he says yeah. that he doesn't care much about the celebrities at pentacon a lot of people go to conventions for the convention floor and yeah. the convention floor at e3 has to have games and those companies have to bring their games to show and everything so i think they're really going to have to be working with all levels you know first party third party not really much second party development these days but i think if they can get jeff keely on board yes you know e3 2023 brought to you by summer's games fest yeah you know what i mean like it would be yeah. the perfect pairing it's like you know you've seen all these games at summer games fest earlier on this week well now you can play them at e3 2023 yep that, that that's how they, they they need to to really go after this
1: yes that would be brilliant
0: we'll moving see. Up. yeah we'll see moving on respawn job listings reveal more info on the new apex universe first person shooter project. So the recruitment drive mentions quote Apex Universe 8
1: FPS Incubation Project, which described the title as quote a brand new respawn single player adventure, uh, quote this is this new single player title is a developer's dream playground with the freedom to innovate made possible by the unique universe it inhabits. Um, so I only stuck this in here because of a, a few things. Um, one you know, Apex is making a new thing and it's going to be first person. Like, it's going to be single... Uh, more From what more I read, it's going to be more like a single-player story-driven game. It's not going to be necessarily, like, in... Like, it's going to... Of course, we already know Apex is, for whatever weird reason, is in the Titanfall universe. It shares the universe. Mm-hmm. I don't really get that, but, you know, good on them for, you know, melding pots there. Um, but I also want to bring it up because it's interesting... Um, for this turn. And it's also interesting because literally a few weeks ago, respawn or no EA made this tweet being like, you know how it's like everything he or she is a 10, but you know, it comes with a a caveat. It's like, he's there are 10, but they play a single player game and everyone rioted about that. And, and EA since walked it back, but it's like, and, and even, I think it was respawn that took immense offense at this. And I think that's because of their projects. Like, Hey, look, why are you bashing single player games when you allowed us to greenlit this project and, uh, our star Wars fall. Yeah. Fall order, arguably your biggest game that's come out in the last several years that made you money. Like, why are you bashing it?
0: Yeah. And, <laughs> um, Allowed you to make another Star Wars games because Disney was like, "We don't like you, EA, because you're bad at your job."
1: Respawn, we like them.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, it's interesting. Um, I'm not even going to touch the EA stuff anymore. I, I, yeah, I don't even know who runs their account, but anyway, um, I think Apex is huge. I think this would be able to bring in people that don't like the uh, battle Royale kind of gameplay. Yeah. And really be able to connect people with the heroes of that universe or tell yeah. more about that universe. Like, yes, we've gotten Titanfall Titanfall 2's story is yep. amazing. And I haven't even finished all of it. Uh Probably never will, but like what I did experience, it was good storytelling. It was different. It was what I wanted out of the first one.
1: Yeah.
0: Apex has been around and has done so well. I would say it's the third most popular, like, battle royale.
1: Yeah, behind Call of Duty and Fortnite.
0: Yeah. And that's huge because so many other people have tried to yep. get into that market. And Apex came out of nowhere. Yep. It came out of nowhere. And, and it then,
1: overtook Fortnite for a few months, for sure.
0: Yeah. And I think you know this is a good way to get more people into that universe more people to get into apex legends and it just kind of feeds the beast that they've got and everything so yeah you know good on them i i would rather play a first person shooter that has a story uh yeah. than anything else
1: and i was gonna ask that goes to my credit too because or that would goes to my next question too for you is like because Fortnite technically started off as this like it wasn't a single player cause you could play with friends, but this narrative driven story. Mm-hmm. And then like a few months later they made the battle Royale and the, all their hard work they had put into this single player or this uh, story driven event went down the drain with the battle Royale. It just took, took the world by storm, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think like, I know Overwatch is not a battle Royale, it's a hero shooter, but Overwatch two is having a story like, or a story event type thing um fortnite had one i don't know if they'll ever go back to it they pretty much have given up on that um but do you think more and more like battle royales or like multiplayer driven things will go like the single player route if it warrants it or if it's a big enough game to do that
0: i think the way a lot of people have went about their stories if they are more multiplayer based uh, fortnite does have a a story that continually goes on uh the maps continually to develop and everything they found a way to tell a story over a a season which is very impressive halo has started doing that itself we'll see how well they land the rest of the season and everything we already had like an event uh this this season two and everything um call of duty i don't even know what they're doing half the time like they they're trying stuff but it doesn't really make sense i don't think that people necessarily are going to go out of their way to make a story if they don't have to like a, a mode they're going to try to tell a story within their already developed thing. Yeah. Overwatch is a little bit different because people really want that connection with, you know, the way that gameplay works. They're not able to really tell that much story out of like the way, you know, moving one point to another point, they've had some things, but, um, yeah, I don't think a lot of people are just going to be like, okay, we're going to do a first-person shooter to explain stuff, uh or to really push that forward. I think a lot of them that are making money, like Fortnite, are going to yeah. use their seasons to really kind of that push the narrative along. Yeah. Speaking of people that don't have a story,
1: <laughs> Ubisoft confirmed
0: confirms Skull of Bones won't have a campaign. So we
1: we questioned it. I kind of made I kind of assumed this was the case, but. I have a, I about to say, it's made official now. Unlike most of Ubisoft's open world games, Skull & Bones does not have a campaign. Quote, it is definitely not a storyline-driven game, says. Uh, but you don't, you don't finish Skull and & Bones and have credits and a cutscene at the end. It's something we want to perpetuate as a live game for years and years to come. That's not to say there's no story at all, though. Quote, we do have pivotal characters or, quote, kingpins in the game that you'll meet on your journey, and they will have bits of story and background that you will be able to learn through jobs or the contracts with them. Instead of a main overarching storyline written by Ubisoft, Skull and Bones' story is one you make yourself. You set your own objectives, decide how you'll sail the waves, and plunder ships to increase your wealth and infamy. You can do all of this solo, but Skull and Bones is a shared world with up to 20 players on each server. You can team up with those other players or hunt them down, sink their ships, and steal their treasure. Now, this also goes with what I talked about because, you know, again, for right or for wrong, because they were announced around the same time, Skull and Bones... I mean, uh, excuse me, Sea of Thieves. Mm -hmm. Sea of Thieves and Skull and Bones, they're kind of go hand in hand. We've seen this, and I think maybe Skull and Bones took a page out of Sea of Thieves book. With these, with a type of pirate game, like if you want a story-based pirate game, go play Assassin's Creed Black Flag. I mean, that's going to be as close to a story-based pirate game as you're going to get. With these games now, especially with how centric they are on multiplayer and playing with other people, I like this trend that they went with. Like, yes, Sea of Thieves was bare bones as all get out, like the barest of bones. Like, there was, it was dry desert bone. It wasn't, no meat left on those. Um, and, but over time, like, like it says, you can meet kingpins and they'll tell you stories through contracts. What did we see with the first event? The Megalodon on Sea of Thieves. You got story beats and then you finally eventually met up with the big bad in the Megalodon. And it's worked like see if these are still going strong. Um, I know the content hasn't been like super exorbitant this year um, as in past years, but they're still going strong with it and they still are putting out stories of people that bring people back to play Mm -hmm. skull and bones. I think is making a right decision with this. Like don't force a narrative. If, especially if you're only going to halfway do it Um, it's about the experience building your own reputation. And for, for a, a, a genre like it is with pirates you kind of want to do that anyway. Like you could do that with any kind of genre, of course. But for pirates, because it's like the tales of the sea. Like when when you talk about pirates, you talk the the tall tales. The you know, especially out at sea, like what you see or what you what, you know the the fisherman tale or whatnot. That's what makes those kind of pirate stories. And I think they're really feeding into that in game form. And I think I think it, it did well with Sea of Thieves. We'll see how it does with Skull and Bones, but I think it's a good direction.
0: An interesting take. An interesting yeah. take. Um, this is how... I'm going call it, to call it like I see it, okay? Yeah. I feel like they are doing this to have a way to focus on... Well, uh, we'll get there. Uh, <laughs> I feel like this is their way to get the game out earlier than they mm. would. Yeah. And for for people to make up their own story quote-unquote just like dreams like oh create your own stuff um you know like (sighs) the reason i don't like sea of thieves or i didn't like sea of thieves was because it was boring yeah go get this bunch of bananas and bring it to this place i don't care about any of that i do not care about any of that I like a story. I like a reason to be going to do stuff except for just for gold. I uh, yes, some people go like, "Oh, but it's just for pirates. They only yeah. do things for gold." It's like, "Okay, they also have more ambitions than that." Yeah. Um this is how, I'm gonna call it here. They're going to start out bare bones. Yeah. And then three seasons i'm, a, I'm a, they're gonna have some sort of battle pass or some, oh, some yeah. sort of michael transactions kind of it's a mi-
1: ubisoft it's a ubisoft blueprint at this point
0: yeah then they're going to introduce the actual story once they got the game actually working everybody's yeah. gonna put pl- going to pay to t- to test their game out and give them feedback that's literally what's going to happen here and yeah. then they're going to release the story the only reason i started started sort of liking sea of thieves is because they actually introduced a story with the pirates of the caribbean yep. thing that is the only reason i enjoyed it the only other time was just playing with travis and trey and yeah. it was just like okay i've got to make something like that i enjoy here i'm gonna blow up the ship i'm gonna cause chaos like yeah th- this right here just makes me feel like okay we're just gonna do what we can and get this game out now and then we're going to build it later and we're going to charge yeah. people for it, and that that's where i really feel um that, that this is right now and i found it very interesting calling kingpins because uh sea of thieves called them pirate lord so i think that yeah. was like copyrighted so they couldn't call yeah. them that so um But one thing, because we're talking about Live service games and everything Dan says this, I wish Halo would just make A story that was accessible all the time And not just during certain events And I think that is one thing that Sea of Thieves has done really well Is that you can play Regardless of when You can play majority of their events Like their storytelling events At any given time Yeah, Which is really nice
1: Yeah, that's true
0: So but let's move on, Derek. Talking about people that don't put out enough content on things <laughs> that are supposed to be live services. Man, see there's a there's a trend in this this week's yeah. uh news. Rockstar won't bring any major content updates to Red Dead Online this year. All focus is on GTA 6. I didn't even know they brought any new content to red dead online since they launched it so
1: i'll say it's it's been sparse like i know they brought a new like job class and some like job listings but that was like last year i have not heard any updates since then but anyway today rockstar updated the community in a blog post on how it plans to change its approach to red dead online support the biggest change being that rockstar will not be releasing any major content updates for the game this year but rather build on existing modes Quote, over the past few years, we have been steadily moving more development resources towards the next entry in the Grand Theft Auto series, understanding more than ever the need to exceed players' expectations and for this next entry to be the best it can possibly be. And as a result, we are in the process of making some changes to how we we support Red Dead Online. Alongside seasonal special events and experience improvements, plus other changes to enhance and maintain a healthy Red Dead Online environment, we plan to build upon existing modes and add new Telegram missions this year, rather than delivering major-themed content updates like in previous years. This will mark another year without any major content updates for Red Dead Online, while the rest of the blog post speaks on all new things coming to GTA Online. So, it's no surprise, but my question to you, Zach would be, do you think that they are trying to make GTA 6 too ambitious slash make it am- as ambitious as they can be? Or two, do you think this is admitting that, hey, Red Dead Online ain't making that GTA Online money. The story was great. Everyone loved it. That's whatever what we got. We got mm-hmm. our money, um, but we're not making any external cash flow. Do you think that they're just admitting defeat on this and just moving toward back to a, a GTA, which is a known cash cow?
0: I think that they are admitting that we were not able to get the cash flow that we were hoping out of red dead online. Yeah, And I have several things that I'm going to get to Dan's comment here in just a minute. Yeah. One, it didn't launch with a game game. And I know GTA online did not launch with GTA five. Yeah. But GTA online had been already a part of the ecosystem yeah. and you know, all the flow and everything when red dead came out red dead 2 came out yeah red dead online did not get the same support nope that gta online got
1: because technically didn't launch as our our red dead online launches a beta technically right
0: Yeah. yeah 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 and you play like they constantly were putting out stuff for gta online all the time And for the people that are playing Red Dead, it's like, okay, well, there's nothing to do here. And it just discourages people that wanted to play in that universe more. So what did they do? They went and made mods. They went and did more stuff in the actual game. They did crazier stuff there because the online portion was just really not there. It was not developed. And constantly, I know you're going to put your money, you know, where you're making money you know what i mean they're not gonna do stuff but it was like red dead online was not making as much money so we're gonna just keep pushing towards GTA online and we'll delve out some things here and there and that was really it and that's kind of you know it's sad but it's like this is also saying hey we're 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 telling you up front like we're gonna build out a little bit we're gonna leave yeah. you know a few people on here just to keep making it go and you know because they're gonna be making some money out of oh this. yeah you know what i mean but don't expect anything big and you shouldn't have been expecting anything big because we haven't been doing anything for a long time they didn't say anything about gta online not getting that support not coming out with new stuff they said red dead online yeah you know what i mean so yeah. it's like okay exactly. we're just... oh
1: good point that's a very good point
0: yeah 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 so it's like you got to read through the through the minutiae yeah the minutiae i was going to say the manure but yeah you got to read through the minutia there um and see what they're actually saying here is like it's not making enough money for us to continue to support new content we're pushing forward to gta 6 to get that out there so
1: well and i also wonder like you don't have to technically respond to this one this is just me thinking out loud and yes i understand like like we talked about like not e- like how not every like multiplayer game has to be force fed a single player story if it doesn't warrant it but, like, every genre can work if done right. Like, I mean, Red Dead on, like, if you would have told me Red Dead Redemption would have made Western game like, bit like the Western genre big in video, or, like, would have been the significant, like, poster child for how to do a Western video game right, I would have laughed at you. Because, all right, Cola Juarez was, like, the closest thing at the time, and that was mediocre at best. Mm-hmm. But then Red Dead Redemption came out and took the world by storm, and then Red Dead 2 was the story, as far as story-wise, was even bigger. Yeah. Um, but I think this is like, again, if done right, it could work. But I think this was also a testament to maybe online Western, like using the Western genres, like for multiplayer purposes, doesn't work as well as like more modern settings or futuristic settings. Or if it's not a traditional first person shooter, it doesn't
0: work. I don't necessarily think that it's a genre thing or a setting thing. I yeah. think it's more of what can you do online? You know, yeah, what can like you, what, you do what's in this mode? people there? yeah and i'll jump into uh dan's and i'll i'll talk about my experience with it Uh, dan said i only played about an hour of red dead online when the game first came out uh but you could only create ugly people in the character creation so i lost interest maybe they fixed that at some point not sure well i'm not sure about ugly people but i'm pretty uh but anyway um you know like the the character creation was all right um but it it just felt like it was kind of lackluster. Like you, you were like this criminal that got busted out of jail and it was like, okay, now you got to go do all these tasks or whatever. It didn't feel. I I know like GTA online also has kind of that barrier to entry. Um, I don't know. It just didn't feel like, okay, I feel empowered. It felt like I was a peon, you know? And yeah, like, the rest of the game, it felt like I was powerful Playing, you know, uh, as Arthur, you know But this, I didn't feel that Yeah, that's true And it was just that dynamic shift didn't really make me want to stay around Yeah Hmm So, we'll see when GTA 6 comes up, if it's worth it, you know Yeah We also see, Derek, because we're going to get into the PlayStation News now Yes, In sir And Final Fantasy VII Rebirth it's going to be worth it because Rebirth won't see players visiting all the locations in the same order as the PS1 original.
1: So despite this, Nomura-san was, ke- was keen to point out that it, that this doesn't mean that some locations have been lost in the game, but you'll just visit them in a different order. However, the trio didn't, specific, didn't specify what locations would be featured in the second part of the Final Fantasy VII Remake project. Quote, I can't reveal the specific scope of the story, but there are no major events from the original version that are missing from the entire story. However, in Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, you will not necessarily visit the locations that appeared in the original version in the exact same order. Some locations are visited in a different order. It's just that the order in which you visit the locations has changed, but don't worry, it doesn't mean that some locations have been lost entirely. Which, Final Fantasy VII originally came out on the PS1. Like mm-hmm. we are five generations, you know, and how many like twenty plus years removed from that? I'm of the mindset now. I never played Final Fantasy Seven. Scratch that. I haven't played a Final Fantasy game, let alone Seven. Mm-hmm. I know Seven is like the 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 most popular one, and I'm kind of the more and more I see on this, the more I'm tempted to play uh, the remake integrade Um, on PlayStation Five, just to see what it's all about because I've heard really good things, um, and the voice cast is pretty solid from what I've read. Um, yeah, I'm in there. Did you know that? No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you didn't tell me that. Why, why are you not gonna tell me, bro?
0: <laughs> Actually, I know the the girl that plays uh, the one that Sephiroth kills.
1: Uh, Aerith. Yes, I, yeah. I remember you telling me that, yep. Brie. Um, yep. but I'm okay with this. Like, as, as long as as long as it, you know, it's a remake, which means like they're like they're building it from the ground up. Like, yes, I know they did another iteration many years ago on pc that was a little bit more updated but this is like a completely complete overhaul from the ground up, like tearing it down to the studs and building it back up i'm okay with them taking liberties because again like now with last of us like last of Us one remake which we'll get into in, a, in just a minute um it, it's not been that many years since it's removed so i mean if they were to say oh we're gonna change some things around i'm like why that game's not that yeah. old but when you get to a 20 plus year old game that was made for like eight, 8 bit, 16 bit graphics, you can take some liberties with what you do. And especially if you can think of better ways to tell the story um, that was, you know, like a classic to fans, or like bring in, give a reason for new fans to bring it in, or like tell it in a different way. I'm okay with that. And, like, they repeatedly said throughout that little excerpt I read, they are not... They took nothing out. They just pretty much played the cup game, you know, shuffled things around, and basically said, all right. And it's probably stuff that's not that significant anyway. You know what I mean? It's probably, like, something like, oh, you get to go to this city and get this item first, where originally you didn't. You know, you got that third or fourth or whatever. So it's probably not that significant. You know, it's, of course, with any... With any fan base, you know, it's like, oh, you change changed the thing. I like her, 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 her. Um, but it's in the grand scheme of things, it probably won't be that significant unless it's like, oh, uh, Aerith dies a lot sooner than you think type of thing. You know what I mean? Um, but I'm OK with it.
0: Yeah. You know, for me, like it could be a story based, like pacing kind of thing yeah. where, you know, things make more sense. The storytelling's more clear, uh, you know, or more succinct and you know precise yeah Uh, it also could be a quality of life thing hey it would be much easier if i had x item that i get in this town uh you know that would have been 20 hours in the original but i get it in Mm. you know the 10th hour and i'm able to you know that boss that everybody hates you know like every game i'm thinking about um what, what was it uh it was like you became like a a monster type deal and you could like shapeshift and all that it was like a ps2 mm. uh game like you they made mm. two of them um and like you it was it was a lot like the hulk game yeah it was like infection and all of that kind of stuff but like you were like a superhero
1: yeah you know you uh, know what i'm talking that- about no i don't nothing's coming to mind because first of all it was like prototype and infamous prototype those there we go yeah
0: that that's what it was yeah prototype was prototype.
1: PS3.
0: prototype one's final boss i never beat because it was too stupid hard so like you know having all of that would be much much better uh dan wow spoiler as much if you didn't know that if you yeah. didn't know that dan i don't know what's going on there but you know um Dan says I didn't play the much of the original, but I love the remake. And he says, I have a theory that the remake is not technically a remake, but a continuation that plays with time travel in some form. Whoa, spoilers.
1: And I'm feature installments. And what so... I so have... oh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, Derek jumping the gun here with time travel here. Um, I don't know. I don't like I played a little bit of the first part, yeah, and it looks good. It just ain't I mean, for me.
1: Yeah, I mean it's very beautiful. Um the combat is said,
0: boring. I'm just it's I mean, boring.
1: You know, it was originally a turn-based game so it would have been a lot worse. Um and I have heard that theory actually. Um not 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 heavily, but I have seen that theory thrown around a little bit about how oh they're just like it's like a multiverse like an alternate universe type thing which that would be cool if it did, but um cuz it'd be something different um but yeah i i think like like telling like the story beat like we see like in long-running anime like naruto right you'll be getting along the story and all of a sudden filler pops in halfway through and it's like why, why are we here like what why are you doing this like this is not necessary so they probably were like like let's just say for the sake of argument you're going on like this like mission to find something to like save somebody and all in the middle of it's like hey let's go do this chocobo race of the city and it's like this hasn't aren't we supposed to save somebody right now um so they're probably like all right let's put the chocobo race after we complete this mission you know that type
0: of yeah. thing. yeah yeah there there is a mission i know we're getting a uh, remake of star wars knights of the old republic which i'm really right. really excited about but in star wars the knights of the old republic 2 there's a mission on nar shadda that you're going along and you're doing all of this pretty good storytelling And then it just ends with you finding someone's hand, like in this workshop, like where like this person that you've been talking about, and like you come back and there's a hand. There's no other thing about that mission. You literally find the hand, and that's it. There's no no wrap up to it. There's no explanation. You find the hand. It's like you found a severed hand, and it's like it's like okay. So like, you know, like fixing those kind of things, making the story uh telling better, pacing better, you know, that I'm down with that. I have no yeah. problems with that. Yeah. None at all. Moving on, Derek. <laughs> the Last of Us part one remake developer says it's not a cash grab. Totally, totally not a cash grab.
1: Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, Robert Morrison, who also worked on God of War 2018, Resident Evil 7, and Injustice 2, said that The Last of Us Part 1 is, quote, the most meticulously built and crafted project that I've ever seen or been a part of in my entire career. The game, which is a remake of the original 2013 PS3 version, has updated animations, new enemy AI based on The Last of Us Part 2, 60 frames per second performance, and an upgraded combat system. It's faced some criticism online for its $70 price tag, however, with some su- however, with some suggesting that a remake shouldn't cost the same as a brand new game, such as Horizon Forbidden West or Returnal. Morrison disagrees, saying that the Last of Us Part 1 remake has the highest level of care and attention to detail possible. Developer Naughty Dog has shown off some of the new mo- mo- models and animations already, with Tess being the most recent example. So, I'm of two minds. I believe that they're doing both. I believe that... From Naughty Dog's side, they do want to be like, "Hey, Part Two was successful, but we could do so. We a lot of what we could do in Part Two, we couldn't do in Part One. Let's just make like an updated version of that because I think it's more of an update. Because like I know when I think a remake, like Final Fantasy VII remake, I think like built from the ground up, like with new color polish, and technically it is, but graphically it doesn't look that much different than from the 2013, except with better performance. Um, But we'll see." But now I'm also of the mindset that it is kind of like, especially when you put it at $70, like that's Sony stepping in being like, we need some money on this. We we put we put our hard-earned cash into it. We want some cash back.
0: Now, here are my thoughts. Okay. It being so meticulously built, this guy has worked on, you know, God of War, Resident Evil 7, mm-hmm. Injustice 2. Especially God of War, Resident Evil 7. Those games are really good. Injustice 2 was all right
1: yeah
0: one i think is still a better like story but anyway yeah them working on ai working on how the game runs putting it on are they on a new engine for this mm,
1: they're just not i don't know if it's a new one but they're using the same one that last was part two ran on
0: probably a new engine at that yeah. point they are you know this is kind of a, a stroking of the ego. I'm going to say this for, yeah. for PlayStation. Last of Us is one of the best games that they've ever made for PlayStation.
1: It was obviously the start of the pivot point for how what kind of games they make.
0: So it's like, okay, our pivotal moment. This is like George Lucas going back and like making several different versions of Star Wars. Yeah, This is their like updating it to the the newest whatever okay yeah but this was the game that kind of shifted them into what playstation 4 playstation was going to be this was at the end of playstation 3 it was like okay we're going to make games that are really good that tell stories that get get the people what they want and that's good games. them doing this they're putting in a ton of stuff they're updating animations doing all of this kind of stuff there's a lot of work going into this thus it's going to cost money. They're paying people to do this. Yeah. I understand the $70 price tag. Do I agree with it? Not really, not fully, but I understand that they are they're trying to bring this in almost 10 years up to date, okay? Yeah. That that it's going to take some money. That that's, you know, kind of where I'm coming at. Do I want to pay yeah. $70? No, but do I understand that if they're they're doing all of this work they're bringing it up to par yeah which one will now be better than two <laughs> you know what i mean yeah because two will be like three or four years old at that point and you know but it's very interesting it's like we've got to keep up the one that like made it to where we are now
1: right exactly like hey you remember this game you like here play
0: it again yeah
1: the, it, so- like I just hope it doesn't become that like Sony's version of Skyrim at this point.
0: Yeah, same. my My thought is this: okay, we know that they've every game they cut something out. They always yeah. cut some story beat or something out. I would love to have some like director's you know, like cut of the game where hey, we were going to do this because originally, um, I think it was Tess. Yeah, Tess originally was going to be a bad guy she wasn't going to like sacrifice herself and all that like do something that is like a little bit different like i you're not with a main part of the game or like don't make Tess evil now but like add something that got cut from the original game because you didn't have enough time or whatever like i would like to see that i know they're adding the dlc into the game and all of that cool stuff but i would like to see the things that got cut because of time or got cut because that you know it was going to cost more money that would be cool because then it would be like the director's cut of last of us.
1: Yeah, that's true. So that would be, that would be really interesting.
0: See Sony needs to hire me as the CEO, the president. I'm coming for you, Jim Ryan. <laughs> Moving on though. Haven is officially a PlayStation studio and it's already impressing the other first party teams
1: studio's work to lean on developing its games using the cloud has been a big thing drawing everyone's attention. Quote, one of the things I've heard from a lot of devs in the industry during the pandemic is that they've had to really grow their IT teams to support all the people with multiple machines working from home and trying to dial in on VPN and get access. We have zero IT in the studio because we've automated everything in the cloud. There are things like that that we're already seeing the payoff, and that's why we've decided to invest more. That approach has been the thing that reportedly got Haven's chief technical officer speaking to other teams within PlayStation Studios about what Haven is doing. Haven's work, though not necessarily regarding the cloud, has also attracted the attention of Mark Cerny, who is reportedly collaborating with the studio as it continues to invest heavily into the R&D branch. So Mark Cerny is one of the main reasons we're investing so much in R&D, and this is very senior engineering team. It's not just tied to cloud, but also game uh, some forward-thinking R&D. I'm not able to say too much now, but it's that but that's obviously one of the other things that's been a big attractor and and is exciting to our team with PlayStation. Of course, Mark Cerny is a kind of like a rock star too. So being able to collaborate with him is really exciting. So, you know, that's been the big buzz, like it's whole cloud-based thing. I know Haven is actually working on a game. Like they were working on an exclusive before PlayStation officially bought them. Um I think because you know how Studio Japan has become like they're not they're on the technical side, like because Mark Cerny's over them, like or at least uh, heavily involved with Studio Japan. They're not involved with the technical side, like with the specs of it, but they're like, me- like kind of how Nintendo does when they do a new piece of technology. Have a studio focus on a game to like show why or like make you believe in why they chose to go this direction with the system. Mm-hmm. Um, so they always have like a like a game that demos all that like uh, the new system can do, technology wise or with the controller. I think. Do you think Haven is like, hey, we make games, but we're also going to be heavily invested on the tech side with Sony as well? Or do, you think, do you think they're going to double dip here?
0: Um, I, I'm i not 100% sure. This is how I, if I was, you know, president of uh, right. Sony Entertainment or whatever, PlayStation, this is what I would do. Jim Ryan, you can take this for free. All right, here we go. The ones that want to make games... I'd keep them making games. okay. Yeah. I'd bring in new people into the studio and I would double its size. The ones that want to work on tech, I would let them work on tech and let Mark Cerny have somebody within that group kind of over them, all that good stuff. That yeah. way, the ones that want to make video games, because they're like, yes, yes, all of the stuff is always developing and everything, but the people go into this to make games. Some people want to improve the tech and all of that, but it's like, some people are just like, I just want to tell a story or I just want to do Mm -hmm. this. It's like, I don't, I don't want to be vicarious visions where I get bought up and then, you know, it gets destroyed because of blizzard. Um, so I think doing it that way would be the better way instead of just like, Oh, now we're just the R and D department for, you know, PlayStation is like, no, we're a company that makes games. We're a developer. Right. So this just popped in my head. Because, you know,
1: when PS4 came out, they spent ooh, of money on Gaikai, and we never, which was a cloud based company, they never really went anywhere with it. Since Haven is really utilized, because they don't have an IT team apparently, and they're all utilizing the cloud, and Mark Cerny is even so impressed that he's kind of on board with that kind of stuff. Do you think because Xbox has gotten into like cloud gaming heavily over the last year and a half? Um, Nintendo, eh, about say they they try they use the cloud because they want to put third party games, but because it's too big for their cartridge data, they're just like, Hey, just download it from the cloud, you'll be all right. Um, we're still giving you the game you want on here. Um, do you think Sony gets in because we saw. The failure that was stadia with like streaming tech and like cloud-based technology type stuff i know it's gonna be heavy heavily reliant on people's internet again but do you think sony uses this kind of thing to help further their development in cloud-based gaming
0: i could definitely see it becoming an option for their new playstation plus yeah. um you know because like x cloud and all of that like it's it's fun to play a game on your phone is it the best thing no it's not, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, you've got to have, like, really good internet and all that good stuff. Um, I think there are people that want that, but they are a very, very small group of people. I think if they can improve their infrastructure online, I think that would be the thing that they're going to try to do. So their connection yeah. is better. They're able to stream games if they want to stream them instead of downloading them. Like, because... Games have become so large, yes. or or you might have a PlayStation Five, but there's a PlayStation Five Pro. You can pay ten dollars a month, and you are able to use their cloud services to play more advanced games down the road. Yeah, because
1: I mean that's technically what because Xbox has said like they blurred the lines of like hey this game's on Series X and S, you can still play it on your Xbox One.
0: Yeah. Are, are processing all that i they might be going that route as well yeah interesting but yeah mark surdy he's a rock star he's a nerdy rock star i watched yes, that he uh, is i watched that that whole <laughs> breakdown of the ps5 before it came out i was like you're talking so far above my head but i'm gonna watch right? every second of this <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it's just I, one of those treasures that you don't want to be mean to exactly you don't want to be he's such he's like Shuhei, you know what i mean yeah like he Shuhei. is just he's, not as well known as
1: Shuhei. i mean well i, I shouldn't say that he just doesn't like the the gla- glitz and glamour as Shuhei does
0: exactly he, he just likes to be like in the tech part of it and all that good stuff yeah but welcome to the family haven we're glad that you're here yes you can call me uncle zach <laughs> old jade raymond you're doing you're doing good things <laughs> see like jim ryan gets like a, an email with this video it's like this dude's coming after your job <laughs> it's like you know where to find me <laughs> you know where to find me Derek. let's get into the playstation quickies so
1: to start off the new ps5 system update adds auto low latency mode or allm uh, Western Digital's WWD Black SN850 SSD is the first licensed PS5 expansion drive. Uh, to, the Tomorrow Children Phoenix Edition, much like the Phoenix Rising from the Ashes, comes to PS4 on September 6th. Uh, Stray's PS5 Physical Edition launches September 20th. Returnal on PC could be announced soon as SteamDB page keeps updating. Bloodborne Remake for PS5 is reportedly not happening. Uh, some more Last of Us news. The Last of Us Part One has gone gold ahead of its September second release date. Uh, the Last of Us Part One had no crunch, says environment artist, and the Last of Us HBO series to debut close closer to t- early twenty twenty three.
0: Returnal, man, I, I want to play that game. Uh, say,
1: can you imagine that? Can you imagine those vi- particle effects on the P- on a PC? That's insane.
0: Especially like if you got like a one of them 30 series graphics cards yeah you got, one, you got one of them beast bloodborne man like do you think bloodborne is like dead in the water or do you think that it is secretly getting a, a sequel like i know people want to get a sequel for all- i know
1: people want a sequel for it but i think at this point i think it's reaching half-life three uh half-life three nah,
0: i don't think it's on the territory. same level as
1: that It's, it's, how about this? It's at least creeping there. It's getting, it's getting close because people keep wanting a sequel or wanting a PS, uh, a remake. Like people keep, like, I know, did they, or did they not do like a 60 frames per second up? No, they didn't do it. And a fan did it for them. Um, Or uh, someone did it of their own accord. Um, I don't know. I think if we don't see a PC port for it, then it is officially dead in the water. Because Sony's going through and putting a lot of like their big named exclusives or a lot of like their best selling exclusives um on PC now. Cause I mean uh Spider-Man Remastered is the latest one that got announced. Um, I know the game we don't talk about up there in uh, old Oregon, uh, is on PC. But it was out of this. They I think they were just trying to see if it would revive the series more so than it would uh cause it did well or it didn't do well. But um I don't know if if we don't see Bloodborne come to PC, I think it's officially dead in the water. But if it comes to PC, we might have hope. Not saying it's
0: definite, but we might have hope. What is Bluepoint working on right now?
1: Oh, I don't think we know. Like I could be could be wrong on that one, but I don't think we know. Like because what was our last one? It was uh oh gosh. Cause I know they, what was the one they just put out? Didn't they do, um, Demon Souls? Yes. Thank you. Yeah. They did Demon Souls. So it's about time we know their, we know their, uh, next project again. Yeah. I mean, people are pointing to a Metal Gear Solid remake.
0: I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I think this is my thought. Mm-hmm. If, the, if it's getting a remake. It's Blue Point that's doing it. Yeah. And especially if they just did Demon Souls. Yeah. It would make the most sense. But they did apparently they did do a Metal Gear game at some point in time, Blue Point. Really? Yeah. I'm trying to see. It looks like something with Sons of the Patriot. Interesting. I'm not one thousand percent sure. Let's see. I'm looking at their website. Metal Gear Solid HD collection. Oh, okay. Released J- June 2012. They did the mm. PlayStation All Stars Vita version. Interesting.
1: I want them to try and give that series a run another another try.
0: Yeah. Be great. Oh, they worked on the Xbox 360 version of uh Titanfall i didn't even oh, know there was a 360 true. version of it
1: yeah well you know it, it was it, it got delayed it was supposed to launch day and date then they delayed the 360 version
0: so okay yeah they did april 2014 gravity rush okay we're falling down the rabbit hole guys yeah, yeah. i'm over here looking at blue points website and we're falling down the rabbit hole but let's fall down into them quick hits Derek.
1: yeah so we also had a akon connect uh event um not a well-known studio, or not a well-known company. They're trying to come up with some uh, licensed games now, so they they announced some things like RoboCop Rogue City coming June of next year, Lord of the Rings Gollum gameplay revealed, a Terminator survival game by Nacon Studio Milan was announced, a Session Skate Sim release date set for September 22nd, uh, MetaQuest headsets no longer require a Facebook account starting next month, Xbox will offer updates on some announced games at Gamescom, uh, rumor, Beyond Good and Evil 2 begins external playtesting this month. The game has life, question mark, maybe? Uh, following that, Assassin's Creed Liberation HD, quote, decommissioned from Steam, but will, will remain playable to owners. Uh, Pokemon Puzzle League joined Switch Online Expansion Pack this Friday. Uh, NBA 2K23 on PC and Switch is still the previous-gen version. Switch, that is that. It is what it is, but PC is a little surprising. Uh, Gex and Legacy of Kain revival hinted at by Crystal Dynamics' 30th anniversary image. Uh, Sam Lake says Alan Wake 2 story, quote, is a monster. Uh, Bandai Namco has suffered a ransomware attack, potentially revealing Tekken 8, Elden Ring expansion, and Little Nightmares 3. Uh, Aliens Fireteam Elite adds crossplay, new progression system, and more in Season 4, Prestige. Uh, Supermassive Games has been acquired by Nordisk Games. Uh, Cuphead: The Delicious Last Course DLC has hit one million units sold. Metal Gear 35th Anniversary sees Konami quote preparing to resume sale of previously delisted games. Uh, Kirby's Dream Buffet is an amazing app is an appetizing multiplayer food devouring race launching this summer on the eShop. And l- this one was a uh, a very surprise announcement. Like they could have put it in a, in a direct. They could have made a special announcement. Except Nintendo did just popped it up and said, here you go. Bayonetta 3 gets a release date of October 28th. And for the people who are worried about the previous two entries and how risque they can be, have no fear because it will include a family-friendly
0: mode. Okay, I like that. I like that there's a family-friendly mode. That's pretty dope. Well, considering how, because everyone gave Bayonetta 2, because,
1: you know, Bayonetta 1 came out. It was a cult classic. Bayonetta 2, you know, then Nintendo bought it and be like, hey, we really like what you did. We want to continue it and improve upon it but everyone was like hey uh we don't know because she likes to lose clothes and and now nintendo's like we hear you now we're going to give you this option because most of nintendo's fan base is children
0: yeah exactly um i was looking up this nordisk games yeah so i've never heard of them but i'll tell you who's under their their banner okay oh no okay avalanche studios group which okay have made Rage 2, Generation Zero, and Second Extinction, which I've I've only heard of Rage 2. Uh, yeah. Just Cause oh, as well. Did, uh, uh, Just th- Cause. They did Mad Max as well. Yeah, Just Cause. Flashbulb, I've never heard of them. Mm-mm. Kugama, I have no idea who that is. Mercury, mm-hmm. Stream, Mercury Steam. Yeah, uh, I've heard Cal- of them. Castlevania Lords of Shadows. Metroid. And, uh, Metroid Samus Returns. Uh, Nitro Games. Uh, a lot of, uh, look like, oh, man, here we go. Star Stable Entertainment. Star Stable is an exciting online game where adventures, horses, and mysteries are waiting to be explored. The world of Star Stable has captured the hearts of millions of young girls around the world, and we're excited to be part of the future journey of this fantastic company. Derek, can we play Star Stable? You can. I'll watch. <laughs> Okay, so the reason I wanted to bring that one up specifically is I feel like supermassive, if they would have sold to Sony after Until Dawn, they would have made so much money and they would have yeah. been a part of what I like to call the family. Yeah, the, exactly. The family. You know what I mean? La Familia. But they messed around, they played stupid games, they won stupid prizes. Yep. You know what I mean? They they made a few games, which I know a lot of people are saying the quarry is good or whatever, yeah. but until dawn, they were being touted as like the the next great studio, like and better then,
1: than Telltale Games,
0: yeah, and or uh, the people that made uh, Detroit Become Human,
1: yeah,
0: um blah, 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 Quantic Dream, Quantic Dream, like they were being touted as the Quantic Dream of now, and yeah. then they fell from grace uh with their next man they went third
1: part in and they were like we can make an anthology
0: yeah um you know good on them uh you know i'm glad that they sold they're part of a bigger you know publish and everything Mm -hmm. um hopefully they'll get the support that they need but i think you know if you are making games you know and i have no no idea about making games but you know i am a business owner i i I run my own business but if i hit something real big Derek, if I did something really amazing, you know, and I had the potential of, you know, making more money. Now, I I'd, I'd I'd do it. You know what I mean? I'll say burden the hand is better than two in the bush. Exactly. Exactly. Uh and then which one was a Beyond good and evil too. Okay, Derek, I've got ai got a I got a question. Okay. Do you think Ubisoft has been doing a misinformation campaign on the progression of their games specifically skull and bones and beyond good and evil 2 because skull and bones came out of nowhere and now beyond good and evil 2 is now oh we're getting play testing yeah
1: i don't all right I don't want to say fully it's misinformation, but I go back to that earnings call where the investors just berated Eve's Game O because it was after Division 2 and what was the other game? Was it Far Cry? It was
0: uh, Ghost Recon. Uh, oh, Break yeah, Point.
1: Breakpoint. Yeah, Breakpoint mm-hmm. and Division 2, where they knew next gen consoles were coming, but they released sequels the year before them. And they were just like, and the sales showed it. Like Division Two sold actually a little bit better than I, than I, you know, than I expected it to do. Uh, but you know, it was it wasn't what Ubisoft wanted. And the investors like, why do you keep doing this? Why do you keep releasing sequels right before the new generation uh, or a uh, next gen uh, launch or whatever? And it's like, what, blah 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 blah. You know, they just like tore into yeah. Eves Gimo about it, and he's like, okay. I'm about to say it I'm about to say we d- we didn't make as much money as we needed to especially ghost recon breakpoint just flopped hard like there was some stuff there but they they it was just basically like oh a by sequ- the number sequel
0: we're gonna get and john burtenthal and that's as far as we're gonna go
1: exactly and a dog that's it um oh. <laughs> um and so i think i think it's like it's a it's a twofold where it's like hey uh, we're gonna we're gonna polish these games, work on them, and make sure that their people want that they make sure that they're something people want to play. But we're also gonna make sure that you know we do something that's gonna make us money. So I don't think it's a misinformation because these games were announced long before that those talks ever happened. At the same time, I think that they're also they also got ahead of themselves to an extent. They were like, hey, this game's coming out, or we're gonna work on this. Now, granted, COVID did happen. But but it was also like, hey, uh, we have to backtrack. We need to work on some things, especially since, you know, this whole lot, li- they're try- still trying to figure out this live service thing, like how they want to integrate mm-hmm. it with every type of game they want to make. Because that's what, the- instead of just doing games and letting, like, unlike Sony, where Sony lets their people work on the games they want to create, like, yeah, Sony steps in with, when it comes to like marketing and price points and all that jazz, but they let their studios be themselves. Ubisoft's like, hey, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, we know you're an open-world single-player adventure game. We want to incorporate live service where you just can keep updating content. Oh, that wasn't in your original plan? Do it anyway. We don't care. We want money.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the biggest issue with them is they've tried to put themselves in a position where they can make money from every single thing. And. Instead of making good content, instead of making good games, they've shoehorned a lot of stuff, and that's put them in the position that they're in. And yeah. if they want to be successful, I think they've learned that lesson. I hope. I hope. <laughs> you know, we'll see. Skull and bones will be that determining factor. You know, like I hope that they've learned that lesson, and now they'll you know go forward in the in the in making better games. Yeah you know what i mean so that that's that's my my hope my dreams my wishes yeah but there you go guys there is the episode this week we hope that you enjoyed it let us know what you're most excited about are you excited for skull and Bones? are you getting it day one are you putting it on your wish list november 8th november 8th be here or right around the corner or you could join me and Derek at five guys on november 9th with our playstation fives hooked up we got our game consoles right there so I, no we, <laughs> I'm dude, <not> doing that. <laughs> dude i know i know the chef i know the cook at five guys i'm sure he'd be like yeah man you can hook it up let's watch it <laughs> dude what what if i what if i could do that what if i could be like hey can we bring in our playstation fives and Play God of War while we eat Five Guys.
1: So, so okay. Here, here's my stipulations for this because, all right, all right. While there are some games, I don't care if it gets spoiled for me or not. This, these series, the God of War series, is one of the few like, is like that Horizon. And when they eventually do a Ghost of Tsushima sequel, that we know, like with Last of Us Part Two, lots of spoilers got leaked for that. Um. I know there's probably gonna be right up until November 9th, there's probably some stuff's gonna get out about God of War Ragnarok and something about the story. If we do I, I don't think I don't think I'm gonna to agree to it, but if we do by chance happen to do something of like that, we'll have to re- rent the restaurant out and it's just gonna be us and the cooks because uh some nice person, you know, not not a not a tool bag or anything or a jerk. It's gonna come in there and be like, "Oh, I already saw this online. So and so dies in this one." I'm just like, "Well, no, never mind. I'm not gonna play this anymore. I want to enjoy this in in the comfort and peace and peace and quiet." Mm.
0: Uh, so yeah, we'll figure that out, guys. If you want to see us uh, play God of War at Five Guys, if we can convince Five Guys to let us do that, uh, let us know if you he, if you'd be there. If you'd, if you'd be there and support us you can also support us by going over to patreon.com slash nerd find the tier that best suits you or you can go for free over to our youtube channel hit that subscribe button let's get let's get that a thousand let's get to a thousand guys we're like 923 right now we've been you hovering don't. around 920 for a long time let's break, hit that four digit mark let's break a thousand guys let's do it let's do it share this with somebody also you can check out our podcast version over on apple spotify google stitcher and anchor we do have a video version of the episodes on spotify each and every week so come and be a part of that guys we love you Deconius the merman playing on his phone while that outro couldn't wait two more seconds that's who he is guys he's that's who he is that's More like Jerconius, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Guys, enjoyed it. Derek, Conius, enjoyed it. Enjoyed it as well. Guys, y'all have a wonderful week. Know that you're beautifully and wonderfully made. We'll see you on the next one. Bye, guys.